Max 98.3 with Eric and Mike on the Big Max Morning Show. And let's take a moment here and welcome to the program the one and only Sheriff Grady Judd. Good morning, sir. How are you? How are you today? Uh, really quickly, uh, before we get into it, Sheriff, I just want to point out to people that there is a, an accident right here in front of the station. Yeah. And I was just out there watching it. If your commute this morning takes you north on Harden up to Sykes or south on Sykes down to, through Harden, uh, or if you're traveling east or west on Lime, try to find another route. Yeah. Because it is, I mean, they're getting through. Right. But it is slow, baby. I see a lot of cars just saying screw it and turning around. Right. So uh, just uh, just know that that's happening right at the intersection of Sykes and Lime here. If you drop the kiddos off at Blake Elementary or you do, like Mike said, you pass through here, go someplace else. Yeah, try to go around yeah, if you can. Yeah, please. Well, I want to rush to that intersection because I've never seen a car talk. <laughs> if the car said screw it, I, I, I want to do that. It only happens here in Lakeland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not out in the county. Two, two talking cars have run together. What'd they say? Ouch. This morning on the uh, Big Mac's Morning Show, we were talking about uh, Matthew Perry passing and a lot of folks being affected by that. And we were asking what celebrity passing affected you. Now, for me personally, when Princess Diana passed away, I will be honest, I I shed a tear when she passed because I always felt, I don't know, some sort of connection to her. I I really liked her and I thought she was gorgeous and, and I loved what she did to the royal family and her stance on various causes all over the world. It was mostly because she was a hottie. And and because she was good looking. <laughs> but I'm curious, Grady, has there been a celebrity that's passing really affected you that maybe brought a tear to your eye? Well, you know, I don't have tears in my eyes very often. Yeah. But there, there was one that bothered me a lot. You know, I grew up with the Beatles. Yeah. And, and John Lennon simply got out of his limousine and to walk into his townhouse in New York City, and a fan walked up and shot and killed him. Well, here's a guy who, you know, I mean, he's made a lot of money. He's very famous, but he is a working guy. And, I mean, he gets shot and killed because simply who he is and where he was. I mean, that's another reason not to live in New York City, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that guy did nothing but bring, you know, happiness and joy through his music. And some, you know, bonehead does something like that. So that that kind of upsets you, you know. And when when his message, John Lennon's message was basically peace and love, yeah. peace, peace, love, dope. I mean, let's, yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. be honest. Yep. Uh, and, and for an Uber fan then to go basically against what he stood for right, violence right. to take him yeah obvious i mean yes we have learned that he was uh i mean what was his name hinkley i believe yeah uh so hinkley shot reagan hinkley shot reagan that's right not to get even, but, like even deeper into it but wasn't he also trying to impress somebody like reese witherspoon or something no like that, that was john hinkley that that shot reagan was trying to impress jody foster oh jody foster yeah yeah but the but the <laughs> the, the, the 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 lennon assassination was you know, because he was such a fan, and I don't. I that don't, doesn't make any sense. But I wow. mean, we've learned yeah. that he has, you know, some mental instability sure, sure. and what have you. But. Right. Well, he didn't get the peace and love, but he got the drugs part of it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 Really. Stoned out of his mind. But but you know, and and when you look at, at this recent death, 
the guy had a drug addiction problem. Now, mm. was he on drugs at the time? I don't know. You know, the, the, the medical examiner report will tell us that. But certainly he ha- could have had a compromised system yes. because of his years of drug uh, neglect and abuse. And, you know, and I'm, I'm hypersensitive about that because I see drugs deteriorating the fabric of this nation. Mm-hmm. And people, instead of being up incensed about it and wanting to stop it, you know, we just want to kind of, you know, sweep it under the rug and not pay any attention to it. Speaking of which, you had a big arrest here recently. We did, and and I thought I'd talk about that for a second. This is an example of the largest seizure of fentanyl in the history of the sheriff's office. And guess what? It was Juan Manuel Gutierrez Medina Sr. and his son, you know, like like father, like son. Yeah, keeping it in the family, obviously, family business. Yeah, and then they had a buddy named Ruperto. So we did. We went undercover and bought a kilo of of this fentanyl, which is hugely deadly. And then they delivered us three more kilos of fentanyl. And then we followed Juan out to Compton, where we determined that our drugs was straight out of Compton. Really, like and, Compton, California? Oh yeah. And then we found out that it was Sinaloa drugs from the Sinaloa cartel. And it was, and it came in through Sinaloa, Mexico. Oof. So when you look at this, you've got you've got illegals here smuggling enough drugs to us to kill five million people, overdose five million people through this porous border. I mean, it just checks all the blocks. And this fentanyl kills you dead right there. I mean, it's not like it ages your body and you die. I mean, it's killing people immediately. So I got to tell you something. You're not going to believe this. You hear, heard it first from Grady Judd in the flesh. <laughs> we go out there and we're surveilling Senior Juan Senior, and we see him go into a house in Compton. We really believe that this is probably the stash house. It's where he and his sons, his sons, stay while he's in California. And we call the local sheriff's office, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office, and they won't help us. So we go talk to the lieutenant. We go, hey, dude, we got a first-degree felony warrant for the guy. We're on his phone. He's in the house. We just need you to knock on the door and arrest him. Oh, no, we don't do that. What do you mean you don't do that? No, if if you catch him outside or you catch him in his car— Here's, a, here's one of our numbers, our cell phone numbers. We'll rush out there and help you. But we don't knock on doors because, you know, it's dangerous. What? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I am not kidding you. We could not get them to go execute a first-degree felony drug warrant for us. And they don't have any backup. Drugs <sighs> don't mean anything. You know, user possessions out there are misdemeanors. And they don't put people in jail for misdemeanors. They give them tickets. They don't get involved. So we had to wait. So we surveil the guy. He comes back. And when he gets into Florida, we stop him on the interstate and arrest him at that time. 
Can you believe that? That is unbelievable. Can you? I don't know if you've ever even considered this, but like when you do finally decide that you're going to retire and you are going to, you know, hang up the the pistol and the badge, and and you're going to, you know, just take it easy. Have you ever considered having somebody write your stories and experiences like this, like a, a movie or a book or something to explain what really goes on whenever these kind of stings and operations goes down? Well, you know, I could write a library, but I don't have time. And and I, I, I thought about that. I really did. But there's one problem. I'm going to do this stuff all over dead, so then I won't be able to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, but it's I, just, it, you know, there's so many uh, movies out there about how hardcore the uh, the, the DEA and the and the police force are fighting the, the drug dealers and, you know, the Sinaloa cartel. And it's all this, you know, hardcore dudes that are always wearing bulletproof proof vests and banging down doors. And then you hear, we called them and told them what was going on. And they said they don't do that. Like that That's just, it. it flies in the face of everything that Hollywood wants you to think about the war on drugs. Well, you know, obviously that's the exception to the rule, but then they don't do things like, like the rest of the world in California anyway. Here, <laughs> we would have gotten a search warrant. Now in Georgia, you know how they get a search warrant? How? They send one guy to the back door and one guy to the front door and the guy on the front door knocks and the guy at the back door says, come on in. <laughs> we don't do it that way we get a legit search yeah that's good that's good holy moly oh so so the next time we do uh the eric and mike birthday bash which will be next september we'd like for you to come and do about 10 minutes of stand-up comedy would you be yeah. willing to do that <laughs> Oh, I'd love to do that. <laughs> oh, you'd be the hit. You'd be the headliner for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, sir, we've got to get running, but thanks so much for everything that you and the office does for us. We appreciate it and hope you have a fantastic week, and we'll talk to you in a couple. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you, and I appreciate my detectives who are the very best that put this international drug smuggling case together. It was totally awesome. Congratulations, Sheriff. Thanks so much. See you later. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.